Welcome to the Mountain Students Team Podcast, a podcast just for our students team. At Mountain Students, we make more and better disciples of middle and high school students by connecting them to someone who loves God and loves them to help them develop an authentic faith. We believe everything rises and falls on the strength of our disciple makers, and our process is to connect students to them. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Kristen, and with me today is Papa Sean, or Papa AKA Sean. Sean. <laughs> hey, Kristen. How are you today? Uh, I am good. I'm coming off senior retreat, so uh, feeling a little bit laggy, but it was a really great weekend away with our seniors. Yes, I, I feel that too. Um, but it was a great, impactful weekend. Um, all I've, right. noticed, I've noticed as I've gotten older, the recovery times increase <laughs> dramatically. Yeah, you're telling me. Um, <laughs> so today we are talking about, uh, baptism. So we're just going to jump right in because we've got a lot to discuss. Yeah. It's a really, really important topic and something that I think we all want to make sure that we have the right kinds of conversations to help set our students up well, because these moments are incredibly impactful and powerful. And at the same time, uh, hold a lot of potential that we can uh, leverage for their discipleship journey. Yeah. So I just want to start today with asking you a couple questions. And the first one is, what was your baptism like? Yeah. Uh, so I kind of fall into, uh, I've had the luxury and the opportunity of growing up in church. And so uh, ever since I was little, uh, I grew up in church. It was actually kind of, I think, and I've never asked my parents directly this, but I think it was part of them having a kid that really led them to truly connect and dive into a church and kind of make that be a part of it. And so uh, I've not known a world outside of going to church. And so uh, in third grade, uh, I remember uh, kind of taking the plunge with my dad. Our kid's pastor's name was Carla May uh, and just kind of really having that moment where it's like, yeah, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to follow Jesus. Uh, at the same time, uh, I'm in third grade. So I understood that at a third grade level yeah. uh, and had a couple different moments throughout middle school and high school where was kind of that recommitment type moment where I think I understood it in a deeper way. I was able to peel back the onion and understand it in a middle school, a high school, and obviously now eventually as an adult, what that means. And so it's been one of those experiences though, where I truly still do believe in third grade, I really made that decision to follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Now, did I screw up along the way? Uh, did I maybe in that moment have part of my motivations being, I just really wanted the bread and juice during <laughs> church service? Uh, probably, but I do really truly believe that was the moment where I said, Hey, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior and kind of spent that entire rest of the journey really wrestling with and beginning to understand that in a deeper and more impactful way too. Yeah. So what about what about you, Kristen? What was your baptism like? What, what was your story with that? Yeah. So kind of the same as yours. I grew up in the church. Uh, both my parents worked at a church. And so I literally was there almost all day, every day. Uh, and so um, I too got baptized when I was young. I was nine years old. And uh, we did that as a family, actually. And so I remember our senior pastor uh, at the time, Gene Apple decided uh, we decided he was going to baptize our family, and uh, I do also really uh, think that I believed what you know that I wanted to follow Jesus and that Jesus was my Lord and Savior. Um, but I like like kind of like you said, it is a journey, and so as you go along in the journey, you get deeper, hopefully. And and so I was able to do that, and I would say you know middle school, high school was those little. Um, tidbits um, of information or uh, lessons, experiences that I've gone through that 
definitely has uh, brought me to where I am today and so thankful for that. And so, you know, God loves us too much to keep us in one spot. And so uh, growth came. But I do 100% believe that I knew what I was doing at that point at nine. So so you mean like baptism wasn't the end of the journey? It was For wasn't. you, for me, for even our students who think that some of them might think, hey, I need to be perfect or, hey, I'm reaching the conclusion or the end of my journey. In some ways, we're our, both of our lives are examples of baptism being this starting place, this yeah. jumping off point where we've begun this journey of becoming more like Jesus and just kind of this is that commitment moment of saying, hey, we're we're in. We're in, yeah. The thing is, is we'll never be ready enough or perfect enough for Jesus to enter into uh, a journey with Jesus. And so, yeah, baptism is a start. It's a, it's a step that we take. And um, yeah, just trying to remember that we're never going to be uh, we're never going to be perfect. That's not our job. That's that's for Jesus. And we're saying that uh, by being baptized in a way. And so I think a lot of, I hear that a lot over the years of students just saying, well, I'm not ready there or I'm not ready. I'm not there yet. Like, and you, when you ask questions, you, you know, one of the questions I'll ask is, well, why do you think that? And a lot of times it does come up of like, well, I'm just, I'm not perfect enough. I'm not clean enough. And that's not what, baptism it's not how jesus works and so we're going to be in this journey and trying to um figure out our relationship with jesus our whole entire lives and so it is a starting point i love that you use that uh imagery of baptism yeah so let's let's maybe dive in and let's just kind of start basic 101 level like let's let's start with like what is baptism first and then we'll definitely get to where we'll play some role play we have some language that we probably want to we want to introduce uh as well that'll hopefully be helpful as you begin to have these conversations as disciple makers with uh students who want to step in and be a disciple and at the same time uh really begin to just really work through uh what this means and i think it's going to get pretty pretty advanced uh maybe even yeah. pretty quick but i think it's really important that we begin with uh, what is what baptism? Is? And I think the first thing that is really important to remember with this is uh, baptism is a symbolic, uh, but it's also a physical expression of your mm-hmm. new identity as part of God's family that you really just get to step into. We get to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Uh, this was something that Jesus did during his ministry. Uh, and at the same time, uh, this is a way for us to be able to follow Jesus in his death and his resurrection. We get to see and kind of experience what it's like in some ways to be to be dead. Uh, one of the things I like to joke around with somebody who's about to get baptized and it kind of really kind of breaks the ice is to say, hey, like uh, the person who's baptizing you, if they decide to just kind of hold you under, uh, what's going to happen? And they'll be like, well, I'm going to die. And it's like, yeah, because that's what happened in Jesus. Jesus fully died. But yeah. here's the thing. Jesus didn't stay there. Jesus comes out of the water, yes. uh, or, or we, you come out of the water. Jesus uh, goes to the tomb and comes out of the tomb and is is a new way. And so it's just a really cool way to identify with Jesus. And there's plenty of different scripture passages when it comes to baptism, uh, but probably the one that we find that's most helpful for us and when we start to talk to students about baptism is Romans 6. And I'm going to read verses 4 through 11 and kind of break down some of that because I think that'll help us in today's conversation. But Romans 6, starting in uh, verse 4, says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, a.k.a. the, the dying part mm-hmm. being held under the water. Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of Father, we too may live a new life. Because once again, we don't stay in the death. We get to have and experience new life. And so verse 5, If we've been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so his body may 
ruled by sin might be done away with, that we shall no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And I think there's two Amen. big points that comes comes out of this. It's the deliverance from sin, being under the water, dying. We are uh, in a lot of ways freed from that sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking a little bit about like no one's perfect. We kind of made that off the cuff. Like there's a point where God is so holy, distinct and separate. It's something that we, we know that we cannot be in the same presence of God. We are yeah. not up to his standard. Uh, but that's what's really cool about Jesus and his story. And in a lot of ways, our baptism allows us to be able to be clean. And that's that deliverance. You accept that you were once identified and mastered by sin and darkness and your need from deliverance is not accomplished by your own doing. It's not accomplished by being perfect or working to be a good person, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's actually accomplished by Jesus and his death. And that's kind of where verse five really, really hits. And it also then kind of leads to this newness of life, which is the out of the water piece that baptism has. And this is verses seven through 11 that we accept that our identity is in Christ. It's not in Sean or in Kristen or in mountain even it's in Christ. And that means that by the faith, so our belief in this of what is true of Christ will also be true for us. Yeah. In other words, Christ's identity is attributed to us in that moment. Yeah. I also think uh, baptism takes uh, a lot of trust, uh, trust in in God. And I think they go hand in hand because when you are uh, taking that next step and you're getting baptized, you're saying, okay, I'm placing my trust, I'm placing my life, I surrender to you, um, to, to Jesus. And so um, I think they just go hand in hand for sure. And knowing and trusting that God's going to make you new and uh, is going to take you along on a journey. Um, it's not, there's nothing magical about the water. We've talked a little bit about that at some point before Sean, but just, it is, um, it, it is just, it is a symbolic, you know, expression of how we're feeling. And so, uh, towards God in that and believing and trusting that he is going to make us into, you know, uh, give us a new life and make us into who uh, he wants us to be. And so, um, I don't see baptism without trust. What about you? Yeah. Well, it's one of those things that you're in a lot of ways saying, and this is, I think, what some students might miss in this uh, is that I can't be rescued on my own. In some ways, it's acknowledging and surrendering, saying, hey, uh, I know that I can't do this, but I'm trusting that you can. And I think that that's something that's really powerful for students, especially today. I think that they often feel the weight of the world is all on their shoulders. Mm -hmm. And so for them to be able to finally exhale for them to finally be able to take a deep breath and realize, oh, I don't have to do this on my own, I think can be incredibly powerful. The same way, as much as this is comforting, as much as we can find this, there's also a little bit of a commitment or demand that comes comes with baptism too, right, Kristen? Yes, it does. And so I think it goes back to kind of what I said before of like, we don't want to stay where we're at. You know, yes, let's come to Jesus as we are and, um, Let's take that step if if we're if we're there, but but we don't want to stay there. God God loves us way too much to to keep us in one spot forever. There's gonna you're gonna see growth. You're gonna see you know there is that act of you know surrendering too and saying yeah like you were saying Jesus is my Lord and um, because of that I I need a, I need a savior and because He's saving me I love Him so much and devotion I'm gonna give up things that. 
um, I may struggle with or, or that I, that are not of Jesus. Yeah. And the, the country that we live in, I think this is something that's really tough for our students and even us sometimes to grasp of what does it mean for someone to be the Lord of our life? I think mm-hmm. we get the savior part. The savior part makes a lot of sense. And this comes from like what we say right before we get baptized. I believe Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And by, real quick, Christ anointed one. Jesus is going to be the one to save us. He's the Christ, the son of the living God. He's all powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is my Lord. Okay. He's the ruler of my life. He's yeah. the one who I'm going to follow his decisions, even when I might not agree with them. Yeah. Uh, and he's also my savior. He's going to be the one that saves me. Uh, and then we say, with that confession, I believe um, you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so there's something here where there's this invitation to allow him to be your savior. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that we all understand and grasp. We need to understand that, hey, we're broken and we're not going to get to it mm-hmm. ourselves. Uh, and that's something where we'll need to lean into that with our students. At the same time, though, we also need to lean into the Lord peace and also help them understand like, Hey, you're putting yourself under the Lordship or under the rulership of this guy named Jesus. And at the same time, uh, one of the things I even said recently when I was hosting over at our Aberdeen campus is this idea of it's really hard to trust a ruler or a Lord when you don't know that they have your best intentions Mm -hmm. at heart. But the cool part about this story is Jesus and God has proved over time that they are faithful and Mm -hmm. that they ultimately want what's best for us. And, we often saying that he'll do it again, or we can trust that he'll be faithful. And so that might not necessarily take away some of the pain that we're experiencing, but we ultimately can know when Jesus asks us to do hard things as the Lord and ruler of our life, that he's ultimately looking out for what's best for us. Yeah. Don't we know hard things? Um, I love that. That's a, that's a great point of putting ourselves under lordship and under the ruler and it's hard to trust there there's that word again sometimes because we don't see the whole picture but he does and so it's a good reminder of that for sure that we're not just doing this symbolic expression and getting baptized and saying yes i need a savior but it comes with that challenge as well and um being able to challenge our students to do that as well is important and that's sure. that's something difficult that is for especially a middle school student to understand or to trust or see in its full expression or elementary student doesn't mean that we want to squash their enthusiasm. Right. We just want to be able to meet them where they're at, just like Jesus did, and be able to help them take those steps. Mm-hmm. And so with that, there's some value in our relationship. And this is where we kind of get and get a little bit in the the extremely heady side. This is the stuff that I know Greg and Chase get super excited <laughs> about specifically when we talk about this because We have a role to play in this. Mm. God invites all of us to be a part of this mission. God invites us to be a part of these moments in students' lives, which is just so amazing and powerful. You mean Uh, it's not just up to the student pastor? It's not just up to the student pastor. Uh, More importantly, it's not just up to God. I think sometimes we think God sets something in motion and God's going to be doing that, but we are invited. And this is where that language of ambassadors or kind Mm. of the, the verse that we find where Paul says, follow me as I follow Jesus. Uh, And it's really that opportunity where all of these conversations, especially with elementary and middle school uh, students, really needs to come out of a relationship. We have uh, these kind of four pictures that we use around mountain called the disciple making essentials, where uh, somebody asks, how do we make disciples? Uh, There's kind of four different pictures that kind of answers four different questions. And so we don't have time for all four of those. Uh, We'll link a document where you can take a look at some of these four, four pictures and We'll also be including it into our brand new onboarding training that will be coming soon. But yeah. uh, I think it's really important for us to identify and 
uh, have the image or the picture of how disciples are made, because I think this is really important in this conversation. And so ultimately, this isn't a video podcast, so I'm going to explain it. You might want to pull out a napkin or if you're driving, just kind of mentally picture this. Please. Uh, But with with this, there's this triangle. So imagine there's this triangle and imagine there's obviously a triangle has three points. And so in each of these three points, there are going to be three different people. So the top of the triangle is going to be, uh, you can just write the letters, JC, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, There's going to be in the bottom left corner, uh, you can just write the letter I. uh, And then the bottom right corner, you can write a U. And if you've not connected those three lines for the triangle, feel free to draw arrows that are connecting all of those together uh, with the connecting JC and U, connecting I and U, and connecting I and Jesus Christ. And so the whole philosophy or kind of what we're trying to say with this, when we ask the question, uh, how, how are disciples made? It really comes down to, uh, learning where Jesus is. So that's the relationship between you and Jesus yeah. learning where Jesus is At the same time. You need to learn where the other person is. So the I is connected to the you by learning where that person is. And then together you start pointing them to Jesus. So you start pointing the you to Jesus. And yeah. so if you ask very like, and then this is one of those things that's like a really big heady thing. Like how do you make disciples? Uh, I even, had, I even had uh, somebody from another, a friend from another church kind of ask, hey, how do you tangibly make disciples? And it's <laughs> like, well, everybody's kind of answer was time. And so it's like, mm. well, we kind of have this phrase or this drawing that kind of really does it. But at the same time, like there's a lot left here. And so it's really yeah. that, once again, learning where Jesus is, the I and the JC. And this reminds us that we got to be a disciple if we're going to make disciples first. The learning where a person is, and this is kind of this reminder that I got to invite others into my life. I got to have a relationship with them. This is what happens at students groups where you need to obviously do the work with Jesus first. Yeah. Then you're kind of working to connect them. And at the same time, you're going to be pointing Jesus. You're going to be inviting them to walk towards Jesus. And this reminds me that I got to help others take their next step toward Jesus. It's not just something that we can leave up to it. And that's where uh, you might find one of those directions is something you need to work on more as a disciple maker. This is that opportunity for us to be able to know where they are and challenge them to their next step, whether that be getting baptized, whether that might mean, hey, stepping up to serve, or maybe they're looking to to really go something that's a little bit more on a personal level where it might be them abiding alone, uh, being able to dive into a year journey devo or another thing there, mm-hmm. or even uh, maybe it's forgiveness. I think forgiveness is mm-hmm. one of those things that's, that's really powerful, or this is a middle schooler uh, learning to give up the last cookie from the cookie jar uh, and giving that You're to a lot. younger brother who <laughs> oh. bugs them all the time. And that's, that's once again, I think it's really important for us to know when we comes to these baptism conversations, it really has to come out of a relationship. It's really hard to have these conversations when you don't have that relationship first, both with Jesus and the other person. And once again, you're just pointing them to Jesus with that. And so um, that's a really broad broad brushstroke. We kind of went all over what baptism is. Uh, I think it's important for us to mention here at Mountain Uh, We fall in the restoration movement or kind of the Stone Campbell movement that really, when we look throughout the Bible, believe that baptism is by immersion and it's something that is somebody's own decision. And so what that means is we're not talking about infant baptism in this moment. Uh, Once again, not to rain on anyone's parade who's been baptized an infant. Kristen, you mentioned that already where that's where you're at. I think we... We think that that's a really awesome moment where a parent has decided, hey, I want to raise my kid up in the way of Jesus and the church. And that's awesome. We want to celebrate that. But at the same time, we think that there's also an important moment that a student or an individual needs to make that is following Jesus. And every time we see the word baptism in the New Testament, we really see this meaning to immerse. And so that's why we follow that picture of really fully immersing in the water and not just doing a sort of sprinkling. 
And so I think that's maybe enough about baptism. Uh, I mean, there's a lot more once again that we can talk about, but we should probably start making the turn to start talking a little bit more about some practical language. Yeah, let's do that. So you're going to introduce to us some language that we can use as we uh, help disciple students into this next step. So tell us about that. Yeah. And so this common language, uh, we really have really asked the question, Hey, how can we be able to leverage these conversations well and have it be a discipling moment? Uh, I don't want you to hear this language of saying, Oh man, I have to memorize this word for word or, Oh man, this is the only way that I can talk about baptism. That's not what we're trying to say with this at all. We're trying to provide a framework so that we can be able to provide a fuller picture of baptism. I think we've all experienced students in their lives who maybe make this decision and they really didn't understand or get it. Yeah. And uh, I can just even think of uh, one particular student who got baptized right after their friend because their friend did it. And mm. I've not had a chance to see this particular student back. And so I don't know what happened in that particular thing. It's like, man, I wish I could have done more in that conversation to have it. Right. At the same time, we have those types of moments and they come back and they get it. And so that's not this is not us trying to subvert or coerce or do any of these things. We just really want to try to do our best to try to set up the environment in some ways, just like in gardening. Uh, if you have dry soil bed or don't have... Mm the right kind of nutrients is not going to take the, the plants aren't going to grow. And so really this is just think of this almost as conditioning the soil right. to try to help students understand it. It's not one of those things that student might not understand it hundred uh, percent. I think when I go through this and provide this language, there are still aspects of this that I'm learning and growing too. Right. And so once again, we're trying to be able to uh, kind of condition the soil for growth to happen for this to really take hold and take root in their lives. And so there's going to be a whole guide for this that we're going to also link in our show notes that you can be able to take a look. But we're really leaning into this mountain language of welcome home, uh, because when we think about baptism, once again, we talk about them being part of God's family. And so uh, whether you're new to mountain or you've been here a while, you're probably familiar with this welcome home language that we use. And I think it's important for everyone here to know like that's not just something that we say because it sounds nice. We don't use it flippantly. We use it because that's the language uh, that really kind of has that same conviction of this idea of God's people being a family, which is we something we see throughout the Bible all, all the time with this. And so therefore, a student's decision to follow Jesus, and this is something that once again, is going to be a little bit more difficult to explain, but I think we can lean into the family language to help understand it. Their decision to follow Jesus is an acceptance of their adoption into a deep, loving family that stretches beyond time, class, ethnicity, race, status and culture. They get to be a part of this huge family of God that is a part of God's redemptive mission revealed in scripture. Yeah. In other words, to say this more simply, they belong. Hmm. And I think that that's something that's really important for students to hear, that they are adopted into a deep, loving family. I'm not sure. I know we talked about this even before this episode of like families, a loaded language. There are some people who have great home lives that have amazing families. There's also a lot of people who maybe some of their deepest pain and brokenness comes from their family. And in every conversation we continue to have on this, there's just something powerful about leaning in and trying to redeem this language. I don't know what your student's home life is, but just imagine at some point they're going to have to come to reckon with what it's like to be a part of a deep loving family. Mm -hmm. And so we want to be a part of starting that conversation. You might not take them from start to finish, but can we make a deposit in their lives where they might begin to see that there's a different option than the family that they have? And let's be honest, yeah. even students of the best family have family with broken people. Right have brokenness that they might not even reveal to you. And so I think it's just helpful for us to say this family's a different kind of family. Yes. And so as a member of this family, 
Uh, this is something that we kind of lean into these three words that all begin with H. So this is something that's hopefully going to be helpful for you to remember. They have been given a home, a heritage and a hope. So home, home heritage, heritage, and hope. hope. And so we're going to unpack all three of these here because I think that there's something powerful in each of these. And once again, don't feel like you have to know all three of these. These are just really good to touch on. I would encourage you to start to internalize this. But at the end of the day, if you're like, oh, shoot, I only got two of the H's, <laughs> think you're going to be okay. You don't have to worry about the fourth H, which two. means that they might be going to hell because that's not something <laughs> we have to talk about here in this type of type of thing. And at the same time, just to get really nerdy, uh, the opposite of heaven is not hell. Uh, we'll maybe dive oh. into that on another podcast in the future. Yeah. But every time heaven is associated, it's the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of earth. Hell is not, not in there. that same type of language. But anyway, uh, you Different can look that podcast. up in the thing. We can talk about that later offline. But with this, three H's, uh, you have your home, which is kind of speaking to somebody's identity and purpose. And so mm-hmm. the phrase that we have that's associated with home is we have a seat at the table. And once again, so many families now don't have time around the table, but there's something about being around the table that is extremely impactful. And it's through Jesus's sacrifice uh, that God, by no effort or achievement of our own, has granted unlimited access to him, that we get to be able to have access to the infinite creator uh, who loves us deeply, that we get a chance for Holy Spirit to live and indwell in us. And we get to be able to be a part of this life in Christ. And in some ways we're picturing this as being able to sit around the table with this very loving family. And I think that there's just something powerful about knowing that we're sons and daughters of God and being able to lean into that, that once again, is a, takes a lifetime to truly unlock. But if we can begin to start this conversation now with our students, I think there's just something powerful about being invited into the family of God and knowing that we have a seat at the table. So that's the home. Second part is a heritage, uh, which is kind of speaking to legacy and mission. uh, And it also kind of has this phrase that we have a past to be proud of. I would say arguably of home heritage and hope. This is the one that uh, is probably the easiest to skip over. This is probably the one, uh, and Kristen, you and I have talked about this, is the one that we feel like, I don't know if students really care about this in the moment. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, guys. I was like, heritage? I am not using that word. Just because I was like, what student is going to really care about that? But as Sean and I talked, he made some good points. And um, I think that it works. So keep talking. Well, yeah. And so there's there's a part of this that uh, this might not be what they're looking for or wanting, but there's something that this touches on a deep thing. When we talk about uh, being a part of a family that stretches beyond time, class, ethnicity, race, status, and culture as we try to help our students transform and realize there's something much broader than the time period there and now. It's going to be extremely helpful, uh, especially as we begin to see American Christianity begin to take on different shapes that they know that they have a heritage that stretches back over 2,000 years. And uh, there's no coincidence that we call this kind of season that we're in here at Mountain Unstoppable Good, because over those 2000 years, you can see a lot of the good that's happened for humanity over those 2000 years to come from the church or the people of God. And yeah. so this is our reminder that as a member of this family, we belong to this history of uh, participating in God's mission to make disciples that has been good, that's been carried on by brothers and sisters of the past and the present, that this mission is not something new. It's not just something that's man-made. It's something that's happened over the 2,000-year history of men and women that have made the same decision to follow God, extend his kingdom. I mean, you can even go to the Old Testament and see the people of God and how in Abraham in Genesis 12 was blessed to be a blessing. That's a part of that same story that we're in. And that's where as much as uh, it's not maybe fun or not something the students want to talk (laughs) about when it comes to heritage, it's important for them to see 
that they're a part of that same call. Yeah. Just like Abraham was called to bless to be a blessing, uh, probably even 4,000 years ago for, for Abraham, we now have that same opportunity so we can identify with his heritage through the act of baptism. We can identify with other Christ followers over the last 2,000 years who have stepped into this mission and said, I'm not doing this for myself. I'm being a part of God's kingdom. I'm bringing the kingdom of heaven here to earth. And that's where we can step in and be a part of this heritage because our past is a past that we can be proud of. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Very good. I, yes, the more time that I've had to chew on some of that, it is, it makes a lot of sense and it's beautifully done. I just didn't like the word heritage because I just feel like I would not say that to a student. Like <laughs> I would not be like home heritage hope. Um, but I was just getting like, I think hooked up on the, on the word and the meaning behind it is is really beautiful. It's really the fact that we do have a past to be proud of that. This is not something new that just, you know, happened in the last hundred years. Jesus has been around. People have been talking about him, like you said, for, um, you know, 2000 plus years. And so, um, that does mean something for sure. I, I do love that, that piece of it. So, and this is probably a good aside or pause to take at this point before we dive into hope to realize once again, we're trying to give you more handles because, uh, what you said, I think is really important to acknowledge. You're not maybe going to say to the student home heritage, hope in direct ways, but you are going to touch on identity and purpose. You are going to touch on legacy and mission. You're going to touch on promise and commitment, which is what we're going to get to in hope. Or maybe even you can use the three phrases that are written out there. We have a seat at the table. We have a past to be proud of, and we're going to mention that the hope part is we have a promise for eternity. And mm -hmm. so there's one of those things that once again, we know that we trust you in your relationship with your student. Yes. You're going to know what's going to reach them best. At the same time, we also know that there's a lot of different things going on. At the same time, most of the time, this conversation happens probably at an extremely inconvenient time or, <laughs> yes. or a time where you're like, man, I wish we could have had this conversation 10 minutes ago when I had free time right. instead of wrapping up here or you're like, they mention it right off the cuff, right when they're leaving group time. And you're just like, Oh man. So that's where, once again, we want to help create some memory because also on those trips, when these conversations typically happen, uh, you're also exhausted. And so being yes. able to remember the home heritage, hope piece, being able to tie that into the family of God, we hope will help you be able to create these much stronger conversations that you're able to have with them. Because once again, we just want to make improvements there. We're not going to, in a lot of ways, uh, solve all of the world's problems what? or be able to remove the thorn in their side. I mean, even what? Paul, who was the Jew of the Jew and had this amazing personal experience with Jesus where you got to see Jesus face to face, uh, did not be able to accomplish all those things, yeah. but he was able to be set into a direction that helped be the direction that he then worked through the rest of his life. And that's really what we're looking to do in these conversations is help set and kind of help them prep the path forward so they can begin working through their identity and purpose, be a part of how I can be a part of this legacy and mission, and then be able to hold on to, which is what we're about to get to with hope, that they have a promise, they have a commitment, they have a God who is faithful. And uh, far too often, I think when we talk about baptism, we often lean in to just that last one and yes. forget that it's very much so a present reality, just as much as a future reality. And we've kind of used baptism or used this decision. And this is why I think a lot of our students are coming into this conversation. Maybe not as much now as it was previous, but kind of as like a fire insurance is kind of the joke mm. or the term that was used or is like, hey, let me use this as a get out of hell free card. Yeah. And that's not what this is at all. This is much more of an invitation to be a part of the kingdom of God right now yeah. and to be a part of bringing the world back into 
uh, the way that it's supposed to be, which I think is something that's extremely enticing for students. I actually think that it grabs me a lot more to know that I can be a part of this family yeah. and be a part of the mission right now to be a part of transforming that. And I don't have to wait for the past right. or wait for the future. I can be able to be a part of this family that's deeply yeah. loving, that has a home where I can sit around the table with really awesome, loving people. And at the same time, I can hold on to that promise of hope and that commitment. Right. And so uh, we've talked a lot about hope and commitment. So let's just dive into <laughs> okay. that third one, which is uh, hope, which the kind of the words that we have associated with that are promise commitment, that we have a promise for eternity. Because once again, this is not just a present reality. This is also something that's stretching forward. And so uh, for us, we have to remember that our identity as a son or daughter of God, a member of God's family is not something that can be taken away from us. And so there's so many theological arguments that you could get to at this point. I'm not mm -hmm. interested in fleshing out those here. I think what we have to know is that uh, when it comes in another part of Romans, there's nothing that can separate us from yeah. God's love. I think that's what students need to hear, that they're going to probably screw up again. Oh, yeah. That they're probably going to have moments where God feels distant. Uh, I'm even talking on uh, Instagram right now with a student who uh, left this note that was just like, man, I just wish I could be at CIY right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's beginning that thing of like, well, did you know that God's not any further away now than he was at CIY? And so kind of beginning to ask the questions of like, what positions are you putting yourself in so that you can be able to connect with God? And that's where we have to realize that there's nothing that they can do that can take away God's love. Yeah. But at the same time, we can pull ourselves away from that. And so uh, this is one of those things that we have to remember and we can hold on to this promise that Jesus is with us always. Uh, so how do you question? Mm -hmm. uh, so I love that. Like, I do believe that, you know, you can't be, you know, separated from God. Like, but like what? So for someone who has maybe struggled with the concept of home, with the concept of family, um, and with the concept of trust. And so what do you tell a student when they're struggling to like trust that this, this hope is, is what you get? So I think there's kind of a twofold piece, kind of the more immediate thing is, uh, I think this is something that we can ask them and challenge them to lean in and see what God does. Mm -hmm. I think God is over time and time again in my own life. And hopefully this is true for your own story, proven that he is faithful. And so some of this, uh, is not necessarily that we just want to test God to test God's sake. Uh, mm -hmm. it's really kind of only in generosity that God invites us to test us in that way. But at yeah. the same time, I think it is something that's like, Hey, try this out, experience this, see if God can remain faithful. And so I know that's a risky thing. It feels like sometimes, cause there is pain. There is things trauma, that happen. Uh, there's a lot bring. of trauma and baggage. And so I think in some cases that is where baptism is this really awesome hope of having new life. I think we all know and want that new life. I think all deep down, no matter how screwed up our family is, I think there's this need created in us that we want that good family. And so tap into some of those things and say, Hey, try this and see what happens. And I think that's a piece of it. At the okay. same time, uh, that's more on the feeling side. That's more on the experiential side. I think there's some intellectual or some of the stuff on the Absolutely. academic side uh, where we need to know that the fullness of God's promises are known and found in scripture. Mm -hmm. And as we continue to look through scripture, if we're a part of this heritage, uh, we can see that over time and time again, that God is faithful. And that can allow us to deepen our hope and trust as we live in this new family, because God didn't go anywhere for Abraham, for Moses, for Isaiah, for David, for Elijah, uh, mm -hmm. Jeremiah, for for Paul, for Peter. So uh, there's so many, so many different things where we need to be able to lean into the story and say, hey, because you're a part of this heritage, their stories 
can also be our stories. Yeah. So that's where looking back at the heritage really comes in to play. Yeah. And so that's, I'm eating my own words here. People. Well, and that's what's, that's what's so crazy about this. This is something that our whole team has come together. Uh, I'm not the brainchild of this. I really love talking about it though. Cause there's so much power in it. Uh, shout out to Greg, which did some really mm-hmm. strong work with uh, Luke as well, our executive pastor. But there's something about this that the home speaks to the present, mm-hmm. the heritage speaks to the past, and the hope speaks to the future. And I think it's when we have all of those together, we get just such a more full picture of what it means to follow Jesus. And so once again, uh, this is not something that you're going to be able to be quizzed on or something you're going to have to know <laughs> all the different answers to. But there's just something here that I think is really powerful when you we put all three of them together. I don't have to memorize this word for word. You do not have to oh, memorize okay, this word okay. for word. We're going to have this document linked. We often share this document at the important moments of the trip where there might be more of a moment yeah. for this to happen uh, because we want to make sure that you are aware of these things and you can refresh it. And at the same time, the more and more you talk about these things and use some of this language, I think you're going to find there's a lot of comfort, a lot of invitation, in a lot of ways, even a lot of challenge to live into. And yeah. this is something that as I continue to peel back scripture, these themes over and over again are really challenging in some really, really strong ways. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie, you know, lie either, but like home was really hard for me too. home and heritage were really hard. Uh, Cause hope is yes. easy. Hope. We all yeah. want to look towards the future and have hope, but there's something about our present yeah. and our past. That's just really hard to wrestle with. And you're going to find students yeah. that are exactly like that. You bring in all kinds of things, you know, into your relationship with God. And as much as like, I, you know, try to separate, you know, the relationship between my me and my dad and God, like it was really hard for me to do that for a long time, especially as a teenager. And so home was like, oh, like, mm. but in heritage, I'm like, who cares? But you <laughs> like you were saying, like the hope piece is is what, you know, was huge in that. But also our our uh, future and our past are just as I'm sorry. Yes, our future hope is very um, important, but also our um, present and our past are um, are just as important, and that's something to really lean into in this. So, every everyone, I'm going on record. I'm eating my words, and I was wrong, and I really like home, heritage, and hope. Woo! Okay, not that it mattered, but I'm just saying. <laughs> just say, and, and with this too, I, I think it's once again just an important note that you're not going to probably have a sixth grade, a brand new sixth grade student that's going to understand all of these different words mm-hmm. and understand the depth and complexity that we just talked about it. Uh, this is something that has taken a long journey even for me to accept it. And you've been on that journey too of like, hey, can I really own these and begin to share these? And I think it's one of those things that's important to know. We're not saying that someone needs to understand all three of these things in order to be baptized. When it comes right. to baptism, you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you're willing to accept that, to see that I'm a broken person, I need a Savior. Mm-hmm. At the same time, uh, I'm going to put something in the Lordship of my life, uh, and I think I want that to be Jesus. That's the important part for baptism. And then these three themes over and over again are what we hope our students group's content, we hope our messages and sermons on our weekly services uh, with our whole church, and just all of those different opportunities of discipleship are continuing to hit on these three themes. And the more and more we can live in these three themes, the more and more I think we're going to be able to be sanctified and take on and look more like Jesus and be able to participate in that mission. So once again, uh, this is not something to where you feel like they need to understand all of these different things. They need to understand that they're being adopted into a family where they belong that is deeply loving. If they're able to understand that and understand what it means to have Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that's what's important when it comes to baptism. But the more and more we can hit on these three themes over and over again, the more and more we're going to have a better chance 
of them having their faith grounded in the right stuff. Right. Yes, it's all good, good, good stuff. Yeah. So let's Love let's it. make a let's make this turn and let's kind of get to be really practical. Uh, and if we have time, we can kind of maybe talk about follow up. But I think it might be helpful for us to do a couple different situations. And sure. so, uh, Kristen, why don't you ask me the, the, the or for a situation or, or pick one of these on our <laughs> okay. on our list here? So, what, a student wants to make a first time decision, has never been baptized, and doesn't know what baptism means. What would you do, Sean? Yeah. Pop and so Sean? this is uh this is one of those situations where I think we're just to clarify some things. First time decision means, hey, I believe in Jesus. I've not been baptized and I don't really know why I would have to do this or what baptism is. And so I think in a lot of ways, uh, you would walk through what we just talked about. You would talk through about how, how accepting Jesus is going to be putting him in your Savior and Lord, helping them understand that they've have sin in their life. They have brokenness in their life. I feel like that's less and less hard to convince students of uh, with just the yeah. world that we're living in and help them realize, hey, they need a savior. And at the same time, uh, you're going to put something in the lordship of your life or the ruler of your life. Why not put something that's actually going to be out for your good? Yeah. The TikTok algorithm, not out for your good. It's out for money. <laughs> what? Uh, it's all social media stuff, not going to help you trying to pursue a different reputation or a certain appearance. Like those things are not going to be helpful. But when it comes Jesus, we know that ultimately Jesus is out and wants us to have life abundant, life to the full. And so really inviting them into that and beginning to then lean in on this home heritage hope, talking about this adoption language. And at the same time, if they're serious about following Jesus, and this is kind of one of those seems basic, but it just is really kind of underlines, especially once we say these things, if we really want to follow in Jesus's footsteps, why do we think that we don't have to get baptized when it's what you just did? Mm. And you can even pull out in the beginning of the gospel is where Jesus takes that moment to get baptized. And that's where Holy Spirit descends like a dove. And it's one of those moments where uh, in some cases, I don't know if everybody heard God, God's audible word. I don't know if the gospel writers wrote it, but uh, he is my son uh, yeah. and with him, I'm well, well pleased. pleased. And there's just something powerful about that, that our students have that same opportunity in baptism. And a lot of it's like, well, hey, if you're serious about following Jesus, why are you thinking you can do something that Jesus can't? Exactly. And uh, if you want to be a part of this home heritage and hope, like this is part of that invitation. This is part of this challenge that uh, you're having. This is part of your call. If you're going to be a Christ follower, you're called to look like mm -hmm. Christ. And so that's where that is. And so uh, specifically, I think this happens on trips oftentimes where they yes. hear the gospel, they accept it. And so it's once again, right afterwards. And so you might be asking, well, what is it? Like the, the a lot of the logistical pieces about baptism, we can figure those out. I mean, obviously, we want to do it as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. but We also want to respect the family. At the same time, though, it's just important for them to begin to understand why baptism is an important important element yeah, right there. Definitely. So, maybe situation number two, Kristen. This is a little bit of true of your own story. Not that you understand or represented how that was for you when you were nine, but a student has made a full time first time decision but once again, was baptized as a baby. And yeah. so they're like, well, do I have to get baptized again? Why do I need to get baptized again? What's, what is going on there? And so what would you say to a student who's like on the fence of like, well, I feel like I've already made this decision, uh, but it was not a true baptism by immersion as right. an adult or as, as when it was their own decision. What would you say right. to them? So what I would say is something like, we believe that being baptized as a baby is a great thing. It's not right or wrong. So that's the first thing. Um, and it's a beautiful ceremony where your parents decided to lead you to God and your own family. So they're saying, they're dedicating you and saying, hey, I want to raise this child uh, to know Jesus and to be a Jesus follower. And so that's a beautiful thing. There's nothing wrong, like I said, with that. It's however, not your the student's decision it was their parents decision and it does say that we need to confess with our mouth um that we you know 
need a savior, that we want to follow Jesus. And so that's important as well. Um, and so I, I do think it's important. We do say both baptisms are okay to do in your life, uh, but it is also, it takes us back to what Sean was just saying, like, why wouldn't we do it if Jesus did it? You know, and so we're trying to follow his example. We're trying to be more like him. And so there's a lot of different reasons in there uh, that you could, uh, I guess, speak into your student's life, depending on where they're at, because you're going to know where they're at in their journey. Uh, But it's also biblical. Don't forget that. Um, There are verses that talk about it, immersion. And, um, And so it is important that, again, we follow Jesus' example in that as well, not just in some things, but in in baptism. Um, Sean, can you speak more about um, immersion and get all scholarly and stuff like you do? Yeah, I mean, this is is one of those things that they talk a little bit about in Bible college. And uh, I think there's just something really powerful for this. And so you're not going to probably go over this with your students, but I think it's just something really cool to see how the language of the Bible is so intentional. And so when it comes to baptism, it kind of goes to the the Greek word baptizo, uh, which when you kind of look up the definition is to baptizo. dip repeatedly, yeah, uh, to dip repeatedly, to immerse or to submerge. Uh, in some ways it could be to cleanse by dipping or submerging, to wash, to make clean with water, to wash oneself, to bathe, or another definition is to overwhelm. And so when you look at this, uh, you can see this phrase being used outside of the Bible. This wasn't like the Bible created this word or used it. And so when we look through different things, there's this actual text from this Greek poet and physician, Nicander, uh, who has lived about 200 BC or about 200 years before the life of Jesus. And so uh, weirdly enough, this text is actually a recipe for making pickles. Oh, pickles. Uh, and so it's one of those things that's really awesome because it uses two different words that often are a little bit uh, confused. Bapto. Uh, which just means to dip and uh, baptizo, which is like baptizing. And so uh, in this recipe, uh, he says in order to make a pickle, the vegetable <laughs> must first be dipped into boiling water or bapto yes. and then must baptize into a vinegar solution. And so both verbs in this situation concern the immersing, immersion or the immersing of vegetables in a solution. But here's what's really cool and powerful. And once again, I think this is just is so uh, where I can get super nerdy on this. The first one of dipping it into the boiling water, that's just temporary. There's nothing yeah. that really changed in that moment other than maybe it got clean. But then mm-hmm. like, once again, it could get dirty again right away. When it comes to the second, the act of immersing that vegetable in the vinegar solution or baptizing the vegetable, uh, <laughs> as you know, the cucumber turns into a pickle. Yes. There is a permanent change that happens. And mm. so I think there's something powerful about that imagery of as we step into new life, this is a permanent change that is happening. And so it's one of those things where you can look throughout the Old Testament there. This is not something that the practice of baptism by immersion was created by Christ followers. Yeah. It was just one of those practices that they took from Jewish practice and really began to make it be a part of the like the pillars of the Christian mm-hmm. faith, one of the main practices. And so uh, there's actually in the Hebrew word uh, for immersion pool is a mikveh. And you can, when you, if you were ever to go over to Israel, you can go to different temples and find these these moments are different synagogues. And so it points to this deeper understanding of baptism in water. And once again, this was this Jewish practice before John the Baptist. Uh, and so there's a lot there. Uh, look a it up lot. if you want to really take a look cool. more. But the Pickles. idea 
thing that's more important to know is like, hey, this produces an, um, a, a lasting permanent change. It's not something that's new. Uh, I don't think the takeaway is a pickle here. <laughs> Come on. Kristen, Let me have uh, the pickle takeaway. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, it is this permanent change. Uh, and so maybe let's dive into our our third third situation. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get a hold of myself over here. Uh, yeah, that was awesome. That's actually, uh, in all seriousness, that's a really cool uh, story and symbolism. And so thank you for sharing that, Sean. I think it's hilarious. That's a pickle. But anyways, uh, what do I know? I'm a 12-year-old boy at times. Okay. So um, next question for you, Papa Sean. A student wants to be rebaptized or rededicated or rededicate their life. What do you say? What do you do? Yeah, I think this is a uh, very situational. So there's going to be some students where the practice of them getting rebaptized is going to be incredibly important for them. Mm-hmm. I think it's also though important for us to know that like what we just said, like there's a permanent change produced by the first baptism, unless they feel like there's something extremely inauthentic about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously we are going to screw up again. What? In this life, you uh, you're going get to baptized, get baptized and, and something's not going to happen the way we want it to. We're going to respond in a poor way. No Sin's way. still going to take hold of our lives in different ways. And so here's the reality. They need to wrestle with the fact of, do you believe and trust Jesus is enough to cover your sin? Because mm-hmm. once again, it's not your act of getting baptized that's saving you. Right. It is Jesus who is covering our sin. And so that's where, once again, you have to start asking, maybe even role play the situation of like, well, okay, so. Uh, say you do this and say you screw up and you're coming back here next year with the same type of thing. Do you need to get baptized again? I mean, yeah. And I'm that's where, that's where once again, uh, you're, you're wrestling with them and kind of really helping them begin to start seeing, do you really trust that what Jesus did was enough or yeah. do you feel like you have to do this yourself? And so uh, once again, not to say that there aren't moments or places where it's really important for the student to get rebaptized or rededicated. Mm-hmm. I can think of um, many different followers of Jesus that I've interacted with where that was the right thing. That was what God was calling them to. Right. And so we're not trying to get in the way of that, but we're really trying to lean in and uh, really try to ask them these some of these questions so they can begin to understand why are you really wanting to get rededicated or rebaptized? Once yeah. again, we're all going to be constantly making rededications. We don't always need to be rebaptized. Like we mentioned earlier, right. you, Kristen, you and I have had different understandings of what it meant. We had a third grade understanding or a fifth grade understanding, and then it became middle school understanding, high school understanding, adult understanding. Didn't mean that I need to get rebaptized all of those different right. times. What it did mean, uh, though, is uh, I met Jesus where he was at, or Jesus met me where I was at. I understood it in a deeper sense and I began yeah. to live, live that way. And I yeah. rededicated my life in that moment, but yeah. I didn't need to also with that rededication, have, have a rebaptism. Right. Uh, once again, though, for some people, that's exactly what it need, what they need. And so you'll need to feel that out with them. Once again, we just want to make sure that they understand that they don't have to keep doing this over right. and over again, because it's not their thing. I, th- uh, I think it's important too, to even say they're like, to let your students know like it's a choice every day, right? You, mm-hmm. you wake up and you're choosing to follow Jesus. It doesn't come just naturally at times and you're going to screw up and you're going to do that, but it doesn't mean you have to get rebaptized every time. I actually like to use the word or the uh, imagery of a marriage and mm-hmm. which is a little, might be a little difficult for some students just to, to grasp, but I've had pretty good success with them grasping in the, in the past, but it's like, so you wake up, you get married, you have the ceremony and it's beautiful. And and then, you know, down the road, you're, you're just not, 
not that you're not in love, but you're just like kind of doing your own separate things and you, you know, you want to like come back together and rededicate. Well, you wouldn't have like another marriage ceremony after that or another marriage ceremony after that. Like it is a choice every day. So it's, I think it's important to say like, it is a choice to follow Jesus every day and it's okay to make that every day, every second, every hour of the day, if you have to. Yeah. At the same time, I think it's important to celebrate that the student is rededicating their life to 100%. Jesus. And so we we have some language here that might be helpful to provide a next step for them so that they can still feel like this is an important moment for them or mile marker in their life. Uh, and so I'm just going to kind of read it. It sounds like you've already made a first time decision and have fallen far away from God. The good news about what Jesus has done for us is no matter how far we've gone, we can make that inward decision. And when we trust that Jesus is our Savior and Lord, we are as good and as new with God. And sometimes the best way to express this outwardly is to share it with your community or group, not necessarily just having that act of baptism. And so this is where you have a chance as a group leader now to set up the student to potentially share this with their group during group time or share their story in some other way. And then we can have a chance to be able to celebrate that moment. Because once again, I think it's really important for us to model those types of things of, yes, you're going to screw up, but at the same time, uh, Jesus covers us for that. So that kind of takes us to our last role play situation. Uh, which is a student who's not ready, someone who is following Jesus but isn't baptized. Uh, Kristen, yeah, uh, go ahead we, and take this we away. We kind of touched on this a little bit in the very beginning, but um, that is something that I've heard a lot of. I'm not good enough yet. Like I need to, I need to be in this place before I can accept uh, Jesus. And uh, it's in that moment, like over the years, I've just said to them, like you're we're never going to be ready enough. You're never going to be perfect enough to, to enter um, into a relationship with Jesus. And, um, and so a baptism is a way to continue your discipleship journey. He's not expecting you to have it all together to be perfect uh, when you decided to take that baptism um, step. And so um, I think another question that I kind of hear, we kind of hear is why does it matter? I think we actually touched on this too of, um, do I have to? And, uh, you know, we're not sure if Jesus had to, but he did. And God is, uh, saving his people through, uh, through the waters. Um, and so, um, it's, it's not that like, if you're not baptized, then, you know, you're, we're, we're not, if you're not baptized, you're not getting into heaven. It's like, it's like Sean, Sean said, like, yes, there's hope in, in that, but it is more than just that. It is, it is our present. It's now like, what are you giving your life over? What Lordship, um, is taking the place of, of Jesus in your heart? Like, how are you living? And so, um, it's so much more than just being ready or, or why, or asking, why does it matter? There's so much to that. Um, yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah, I'm sure you have more to say, Papa Sean. Well, I was going to say, it's just one of those things where I don't feel like you have to to be the one to convince them of that, invite mm-hmm. them into Jesus and Holy Spirit and to wrestle with that at the same time. Yes. Uh, we have a really great environment for this particular type of thing, especially if they're in older older high school student with Welcome to Mountain. Have them be a part of yeah. Welcome to Mountain and have have one of our campus pastors or Ben, Luke, or Jared be able to share share some of that with them. I think that would be really impactful for them. At the same time, uh, feel free to talk to your student's pastor. Uh, they're there for you as a resource. And at the same time, uh, we have some uh, an experience called Next Level Develop that we introduce on a somewhat regularly status. And we can even get you access to that if there's something where we really just want to un- 
cork or kind of work through what that particular thing means. It's one of those things where we have a lot of different tools at our disposal. We don't have to feel like we have to do that all on our own. Yeah. And also a good tool is to, you can point them to others who have maybe mm-hmm. had the same concerns, but ended up taking that step. It's always, uh, always nice to have someone be able to share their experience and their story to a person that's in the same spot. Yeah. And, uh, once again, that's why we have a team approach, lean into the strength of the team. Don't feel like you have to work as an individual. And so these are just four of the common situations or common, common role play or common, common situations with students that have popped up. I'm sure there's more. Feel free to lean into your student's pastor or uh, feel free to ask other, other group leaders around you. Uh, I'm sure that they could talk or speak into that. Yeah. And don't, don't forget, like we trust you all, uh, to have these conversations and know that you can. You guys know your students better than anybody else. And so you'll know how to handle these situations. Just keep leaning into them and lean into the spirit and you'll be just fine. Cool. So as we wrap up, one one last thing, this is really important for us to talk through is just some follow-up, uh, some just practical steps. Follow-up is one of the most important things that we can do to to really love our students and care for our students well. If we don't follow up with what we say we're going to do, uh, that's going to impact their ability to trust us. So we right. need to make sure to to lean into that. Uh, at the same time, during these really important special moments for students, you have to remember as a group leader, uh, the students inviting you into this moment, you're going to experience a very special, cherished moment with the student. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to, if we're truly partnering with parents well, try to invite parents into this. Uh, there's this really fun story that uh, another student pastor used to share where uh, he was a student pastor for a really long time. Uh, and so, uh, he eventually was in student ministry so long that he stepped out. And so his, his son was then in student ministry. And so, uh, one of the things that the group leader, uh, his son's group leader did unintentionally is, uh, his name's Josh had been waiting this entire time to be able to wait for the son to be old enough to watch the star Wars films together. <laughs> and so I know this seems really, really silly in this moment, but there, I'm getting, getting to a no, point, I like those films. but, uh, but with this, he'd been waiting this whole time. And turns out uh, his group leader took that moment from Josh and oh, watched all the Star Wars no. films, which once again was completely done in an innocent way. But Josh was like, man, I just felt the weight no. of like, man, our group leaders or you as group leaders often get these really special moments that mm-hmm. parents cherish. Yeah. Same time, we look at parents and are like, man, you have so much time with them, but they have so much of the ordinary, the mundane, the challenging. And so we want to, if we're truly partnering well with parents, they're hopefully going to invite you in on some of the ordinary stuff, but we need to model and lead the way first by when we have these special moments. Mm-hmm we bring the parents in and have them be a part of this. And so once again, it's probably not going to be that you're going to be watching star Wars and taking that moment away from the parent, I don't know. but baptism. Movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe it's going to be a different, different movie series. Uh, but with that, it's really important for us when we have these moments to invite the parent in and not every parent's going to be one, a part of those, but there are going to be some where it's going to build your relationship incredibly quickly when you honor them and invite them into these moments. And so when it comes to baptism, we believe that's one of those moments that we want the parent to be a part of. It's actually part of the reason why during mix and move or even during fall retreat, we try not to do baptisms during that particular event, not because we don't want to to kind of impede or create restrictions. Because mm-hmm. once again, the baptism is like, oh, hey, look, there's water. Let's get baptized. Right. But we want to involve, involve their broader family in part of this because what we found is sometimes it does a lot of work on the, their family itself. Yeah. At the same time, uh, I don't have a kid a kid yet, but I would really would want to be a part of that moment with them. I think it would it would feel like something's being stolen or taken away from me. And so we want to, once again, be a part of this. And so- As uh, a parent, 
Sean is totally right about that. Like as a parent of two high school students, it's really important to allow the parent in on that special moment for sure. Yeah. And so we're going to talk through a couple of follow-up steps here really quickly that are going to help with that. But once again, it's just really important for us to know, involve the parent as soon as possible. In a lot of ways, come alongside the student and coach them on letting their parents be a part of what they're experiencing, what they're feeling, and kind of the momentum of the moment. We're not asking you to squash it. We're asking you to invite them to experience it too. I uh, really love the moments where uh, I give a phone call and the parent's like, oh, shoot, what did what did so-and-so do? And I'd be more like, hey, actually, so-and-so has made this really important decision and wants to clue you in on it. And then you take a step back and allow the student to share it. And there have been several moments where when you share that, the parent just gets teary eyed. I'm even getting a little bit uh, broken up right now, just thinking about just being able to invite them in on that and how much that means for them. And so with this, uh, really do that same type of thing, have the phone conversation with the parent, include them in as much as possible. Uh, and so it's one of those things where, uh, if you don't get to talking to us first and kind of students might talk to their parents right away. Awesome. Don't restrict them from doing that. We want them to happen at the same time. Clue the students pastor in to know, Hey, this is happening. Uh, just so that we can be able to celebrate with you. Cause I'm sure once again, it's going to be a really awesome moment when this happens. And this, uh, for some reason here at mountain, God is blessing us in a way that this has become more of the norm than the exception. And so we don't take that lightly. So we want to make sure to celebrate the fact that God is moving in our students. And so with that, once again, students are going to talk to their parents. Maybe don't restrict that. Students are going to talk with each other, but as soon as you have a chance to shoot a quick message to your students, pastor, let them in on this at the same time, then have that phone conversation with the parent to make sure, even if the student said, Oh, I told my parent, uh, just once again, do that phone conversation one more time. Cause once again, it's going to be helpful down the road when you make phone calls that are good things and not just bad things, because then they'll actually pick up your phone because they yeah. might have something good to share. And then with that, uh, work out the arrangements for the baptism. Uh, for some of our trips, we have some clear kind of schedule things. So I think if this is at camps, we really encourage and push them to camp celebration. Obviously we're in, uh, Easter baptism splash has been something over the last yeah. last few years that are going to be important. And so we just want to make sure to kind of point them to that, if that makes sense. Uh, at the same time, if that doesn't work, those are not the only times to get baptized. We can find a pool somewhere. We That's can do it good. during a weekly service. There are so many different opportunities to make this happen. Just help us by helping our students team and students pastors by cluing them in and we can work together to figure out a time and a place and a person. Those are kind Absolutely. of the three big things is time, place, and person. And as far as a person, uh, if you don't know this, all you have to do is be baptized by immersion, except Jesus is your Lord and Savior to be baptized. It doesn't have to mean you have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a professional Christian. You don't even have to be uh, baptized for very long. Uh, some of my favorite moments in watching baptisms is where uh, a son or daughter or a mom or dad gets baptized and then they turn around and baptize their other family member yeah. too. So that's really one of those things. At the same time, uh, these last two are really important. Share the decision in group time uh, and then make sure all the students in your group know when that baptism is so they can be a part of it. Uh, and they can kind of crowd around, be with the students, celebrate that. Once again, this is a group decision. And then last and most importantly, make sure you celebrate. Because uh, once again, one of the things just that works behind the scenes, what you celebrate will be repeated. And so hopefully you can begin to celebrate this stepping in and accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so uh, it's one of those things that uh, it's just really important to follow up. It's really important to celebrate. And at the same time, it's really important to partner with parents and help work together here as a team. But uh, I think I think that's it, Kristen. Wow. There's a lot that there. That was a lot there, but hopefully it was helpful. Thanks for joining us. We just want to say what you do matters. Who you are and who you are becoming in Christ is more important than what you do. If we are going to make disciples, we have to be disciples. So we each commit personally to walking the walk with Jesus and living out the mountain walk by loving God, loving people, and serving the world. 
because everything rises and falls on the strength of our disciple makers and our process to connect students to them. See you next time.